in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here. Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out to Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. It's a good, bad, and ugly Monday on B&E, recapping an incredibly busy weekend with what you saw, watched, were a part of that was good, what was bad, and what was just downright ugly, including that Purdue performance uh, in the round one against Fairleigh Dickinson, which won tie about 1700 bucks, it looks like. Not that much. Not that much? Is that what you said on your text message to me? No, it was plus 1700 Oh. I only okay. bet like 20 bucks. I'm sorry. It was already, already going to sleep when you sent me that message, so... Barely noticed it, but um, also never look a profit. Don't never look. You know, turn your nose up at a profit. Oh man, take Ever. the money, take the Ever. money and run. What did Steve Miller Band sing? Also, on the ugly side of things this weekend, the uh, in addition to Purdue's loss, how about uh, Iowa State's performance against Pittsburgh? You know, Xavier dispatched to Pittsburgh yesterday to advance to play Texas. Pittsburgh not very good. Iowa State was down twenty-two to two. In that game, they scored that all was of forty. To start that game, I know it was awful. They were they scored all of forty points. Like, come on, Iowa State, you're better than that. Purdue, Pittsburgh is okay, but golly, they're lucky to be in the tournament. He scored two points, first twelve minutes of the basketball game, but uh, ugh, that was pretty ugly. In the Big Twelve, you know, only two of the seven teams advanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, five are done, including Kansas. Jayhawks played without uh, Bill Self all weekend and lost to Arkansas in a hard fought game and went to the wire, one point game, really. Tremendous basketball game. I'm wondering if this is the end of the line for Coach. Self? We're yeah. going to have to evaluate more than basketball at the end of the season. Well, I just we, it's very quiet on how severe. I mean, if it was just precautionary that, you know, if you had a heart issue and you don't need to be back out there on the court and you're going to be fine, but it was too soon to try to rush it back. Or, yeah, or there's a, a bigger conversation to be had for Bill Self. We will see where that goes. But, yeah, they lost. And I said on the ugly side of things, there was a point late in that game where every possession is – crucial and then back and forth game we saw texas with with the same thing and dewan harris the young point guard and veteran point guard oh yeah got a 10 second call like just i just, saw that play when he came <sighs> just strolling up the court and he gets 10 seconds thousand one thousand two two come on yeah you gotta know and he gets called for it and it gives arkansas they scored they gave him two points or four points was there a backcourt in that game too yeah against penn state Penn State had that? the backcourt violation that became critical for them. Yeah, oh yeah, man, those are those are the moments. Heck, we we know in the Virginia that was the ugliest event of the entire first weekend was Virginia and the careless, you know, deep long pass that ended up losing them that basketball game. I mean, you just and that's what you appreciated so much about Texas. Again, it, you know, yeah, the, calling timeout at the right time. Yes, after you're up seven, they go on a 10-0 run. Rodney calls timeout, Coach Terry, and calms everything down. And, and, again, if you go to the play-by-play and go back and watch that, from 448 on, Texas didn't miss a basket. They scored on seven straight possessions. They made their free throws. Dylan DeSue hit big bucket after big bucket. And when you're doing that, obviously you're just putting more and more pressure on Penn State. You, you're doing nothing wrong. They're having backcourt violations and missing some shots. They had, like, three turnovers in that key stretch. Uh, Texas just out-executed them in the final five minutes, and that's – that's how basketball go. I mean, that's you, or you know, you you're there. All these games, or most all of these games, are going to come down to the final moments. Heck, I I didn't stay up to see this tie, but I read that uh, Gonzaga 
on the shot Drew Timmy hit to take the lead finally over TCU, who had led most of the ball game. It was a blatant travel, and they didn't call it. He also had one where he hooked him pretty good, too. It was, I don't TCU know. TCU fans are a little bit disgruntled this morning that they felt like they had Gonzaga beat, and Drew Timmy got away with a travel and a, and a foul not called, and they end up losing that game to the Zags, who will now play UCLA. So we'll take your uh, good, bad, and ugly from the brackets. Thoughts uh, on the good side, including Dylan D'Souza's all-time great performance for the Longhorns, Rodney Terry's great coaching job, and the Horns on to the next round. Texas women can get there with a win tonight. Also, Buck, it'll be going to the radar, but the Longhorn baseball team's now won 10 straight. Uh, of note for me over the weekend in, to, to sweep New Orleans, another, you know, they, they've won 10 in a row all at home. They've outscored those opponents 92 to 30. So they're, they're scoring about nine runs a game and they're allowing three. You can do the math over a 10 game stretch. Obviously, the competition will be questioned, but New Orleans is a pretty good team. Uh, in, in this game, it, Zane Morehouse closed out the Friday game. Travis Staley pitched great on Saturday, which he had been your Sunday starter. And then LeBaron Johnson Jr. got the start on Sunday. Uh, so those are of note things to keep an eye on because obviously everything you're doing now is preparing you for this coming weekend oh, yeah. and beyond when you begin Big 12 Conference play. And we talked to Coach Pierce on Friday. He talked about, yeah, the, the rotation and the roles are still a work in progress. You wonder if, if Zane Morehouse is going to become more of a of a second guy, right? Uh, backup, you know, closer or, or those bridge innings, big picture, and that uh, Travis Staley moving into the Saturday role and then uh, LeBaron Johnson Jr. Uh, into Sunday, Sunday, which was interesting. So uh, we'll be watching We'll be watching that for sure with Incarnate Word coming to town tonight. Tomorrow night, I should say. Tonight it's the Texas women taking center stage. Also, Buck, the, uh, the, the, the football, Cowboys. I like this move. I know we talked about DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham Jr., but I shame on me for not mentioning Brandon Cooks because we knew they were talking. They talked right before the they talked up until the the trade deadline last fall about a trade, and the Cowboys tried to acquire Brandon Cooks, but they couldn't work out the money. How much of the rest of the contract was each side going to take on? Uh, Dallas wasn't happy with what Houston was was wanting. Well, in this case, Brandon Cooks comes to Houston for a fifth round pick, essentially what they traded Amari Cooper for last year. Uh, if you think about it, to Cleveland, fifth-round pick. Uh, they also will send a sixth to Houston in 2024's draft. And then Brandon Cook is the, Tooks is the Cowboy, but the Cowboys are going to pay $12 million of his salary. Houston's going to pick up six of it for this coming year. They're going to pay $6 million for him to play for the Cowboys, essentially. And Yeah, I mean, if he's still – obviously, he's still got the wheels. I mean, that's what they need. They need a vertical threat. and He is a veteran pass catcher. He, he's not a guy who drops balls. I mean, he runs nice routes. He – Makes big time catches, and if he can still fly, that's what they need. He's not as fast as he was when he came out. None of us are. None of us are. But he's still pretty fast. Yeah, and he's quick. And he's, you know, I think people were thinking about the big splash, Deion, but DeAndre Hopkins is do like thirty million dollars this yeah. year. Um, you know, the contract the the Cardinals are trying to get out from under under from or part of why Bill O'Brien traded him originally is he wanted that mega deal, and you know, for some reason I think Hopkins is going to end up with the Giants. But it's, I don't know if anybody can afford that right now. I mean, uh, the Giants are going to have to react to what the Cowboys did but you and the Eagles have done, but you wonder if that's with Odell Beckham Jr. And Thielen's with Carolina now. Yeah, Thielen to Carolina, so he'll move on to Car- I mean, you know, Carolina's out of Miles Sanders. They brought in Adam Thielen. Um, you know, they'll be okay, but you know, who's going to be their quarterback? They have the number one pick. So are they going Bryce Young? Are they going C.J. Stroud? Are they going somebody else? They traded up to get that number one, and now they're putting some weapons around that pick. So I like it. Also, some breaking news. 
Breaking, breaking news from the uh, Miami Dolphins camp. The Dolphins this morning have announced that they have picked up the fifth-year option of quarterback Tua, Tungvaluwa, which means that's a big development, right? If you don't pick up the fifth-year option, he can become a free agent after this year. Uh, you know, when a team doesn't pick up that club option, usually means that the relationship's probably not the long term. Well, they picked it up, which tells you that Tua—they're planning on Tua being their quarterback. Yeah. And they're going to roll the dice with the injury history. Well, yeah, they're going to do. I mean, why not? Because the next time he goes out, probably will be the final time that he plays. He yeah. So that option. I mean, if if he's going to go, I think Tua will end up. If he if he does get hurt and if it's a head injury, I think that'll be it. That'll be yeah, it for well, his playing time. If he so. has one more severe, even minor right. concussion, it's got to be considered. But they're they're going to they're they're picking it up, which means he's their quarterback. They're not in the Lamar Jackson conversation no, or I any am others. Knocking on wood for a guy in the NFL, and that's Tua. They just don't. Well, that just team don't let is, it happen. You know, he's such a likable player, but it's also. Well, that team is fun to watch. They're so when much he's fun playing. to watch when he's playing. Yeah. I mean, they're they're a handful, and if, if just, just I know it's hard to get your head around, but get your head around the fact that he plays a full season and stays healthy in a division that features Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers now, wow. and whatever the Patriots are going to do with Mac Jones. That's a big-time deal. That's a big-time deal right there. Uh, that's fun. Because uh, if two is healthy, they were damn near unbeatable when he was playing and healthy last year with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, and they've added some pieces this offseason. Jalen Ramsey is now a Dolphin. Uh, so you like that situation. But uh, the Aaron Rodgers story is this, that uh, you know the deal is he's going to go play with the Jets, but the Jets and Packers have to work out compensation. And it feels like the Jets are saying, wait a second, this is a 39-year-old quarterback. Uh, we have to pay him a bajillion dollars that you guys just signed right. him to. And you want a couple of first-round draft picks? They're still looking for two first-round picks? At least one. At least one. And obviously the Packers are holding their ground saying, look, this guy's won two MVPs in the last three seasons. I don't care what his age is. Deshaun Watson fetched two firsts and, and more. Um, Russell Wilson brought a bevy of draft capital. Matt Stafford brought a bevy of draft capital. We're not giving them up. One in a three. Yeah, that's what they want. And, you know, the Jets, it's going to happen. The question is, yeah. because the Packers don't want them to show up at many camps. Oh, no. <laughs> Hell no, just to be. Right. They want them. I mean, it, I mean it's kind of. he's liable to show up at many camps. Well, they is don't want. Is that one of those they, deals that he has to in order to get paid? Think about it, though, with the Packers. You want Jordan Love to be your. Quarterback. I don't want any more Aaron Rodgers. No more in the Aaron Rodgers. No, he that will just be a distraction. Just get in the way. Uh, but if you're the Jets, you also want him at your mini camps, getting to know your roster, getting to know your team, getting to know the receivers he's going to be throwing to. Uh, I, I have to assume this is going to get done. But when does it get done? I mean, obviously the 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 deadline would be the draft itself because the the Packers are going to want those draft picks this year. They want at least one of those right now. They they want the Jets' first round pick this year, which I think is pick number thirteen. 13 or 14 in the first round, they're going to want that pick uh, for Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets are trying to not give it up. I'm assuming what the Jets are trying to do is give up the first-round pick next year when they might be a lot better with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. And the Packers are saying, no, 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 no. We want it this year. We want yep. number 13. We're not waiting until that pick could be pick 28 next year because Aaron Rodgers comes in and you guys are better. I'd say that's the least they can do. Yeah. Uh, but if it's going to center around a first-round pick, you can understand the Jets saying, no, we'll give you a future first. Oh, no, 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 no. No, they're like, no, no, no. no. We want this. this is a top 15 pick yeah. right now. We want this thing. We can add a piece right here. We can pick up somebody pretty damn good at pick number, you know, top 15 draft pick. So I'm assuming that's where we're at. It's going to get done. 
Two has been picked up, his fifth-year option. The Cowboys pick up Brandon Cooks. And, Ty, you like this as a Cowboys fan. Brandon Cooks, not Hopkins or Beckham, but this might be the, the better fit of all the three. Yeah, I think so. Definitely better than Odell Beckham. And, obviously, like you said, the money wasn't going to work with DeAndre Hopkins. So, uh, this is probably the best guy available on the trade market. So, I'm happy they addressed it before the draft. So, maybe they can look at a defensive lineman, corner, or running back in the draft. Yeah, well, I think you put yourself with the acquisition of Stephon Gilmore because corner was going to be a question. You've solidified that side of the ball and that mm-hmm. side of the, the the field with Trayvon Diggs on the other side. You re-signed your safety, Donovan Wilson, to go with J. Ron Curse and Malik Hooker. So you're pretty set in the secondary. Is Ron there a Bland. defensive lineman? Do you think they target possibly? Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's so you you solidified that. You brought Leighton Van Der Esch back. Mm-hmm. So you're good at linebacker. You're not going to be looking to draft a linebacker early, I wouldn't think. Um, and then. You know the, the the places where you're vulnerable, I think, are going to be at defensive interior, because uh, your pass rush is good, right? You're going to have Micah Parsons, you're going right. to have, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, who's making a ton of money. Um, you, you like their pass rush. Uh, it's defensive line interior, and then it's um, tight end. If you lose Dalton Schultz, I think would have to be considered if you're the Cowboys. I mean, just just me, but and they like Jake Ferguson, the fourth round pick out of Wisconsin a year ago, but. I mean, I'd be looking at tight end because this is typically I wouldn't, but this is a great tight end draft. This is a tight end draft where there are at least three or four guys with high. Well, you know, top I, I got to believe there's at least two out of the out of three or four guys that can really make a difference for your football team. Well, and that's Dalton Kincaid, Utah. Yep. Uh, Michael Mayer, Notre Dame. Guy named Luke Musgraves from uh, Oregon State. Well, they all may be able to. The big dude from well, Georgia. Well, and then there's Darnell Washington, whose combine performance may have moved him into that conversation. So there's four guys, which is why you might say maybe we can get him in the second. Get one of those four guys in the second round. Sure. Which then opens us up to taking a B. John Robinson at pick 26, where the Cowboys sit, if he's there. Because there's getting because here's the thing with Bijan. Cowboys can say we would take him at 26, but will he be there at 26? Because... Most everybody in this draft, everybody builds their draft board, right? They're, yeah. They do all the scouting. They build their board. Most every team is going to have B. John Robinson in the top five players in the draft. Yeah, best player available. Yeah. If he's still hanging around, so you kidding me? Once you get past 10, 11, 12, teams are going to start looking at their draft board going, man, you know, we're down to the second, third receiver. We're down to the second, third tackle. We're looking at, uh, you know, but look, that, that running back up there that's sitting as the fourth best player on our board, we – uh He's still there. Uh, can we help our team here at pick 18, pick 19, pick 20? Where do the New England Patriots draft? Where do 14. They... Ooh. Yeah, Jets are 13, Patriots are 14. Um, would they ever do that? That's not taking a flyer. I mean, I mean, would they do Bichon? Yeah. Uh, New England? I, I think, again, I just think everybody, when you're, you, you build the draft board for a reason. And how long have you heard from GMs and, hey, best, best player, player available. available? Trust yeah. the board. Trust the board. So if the board tells you that's the best player and we're down to pick 14, 15, 16, And you have who you have at running back, but I know what your history has been with running backs. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Patriots have never done anything like that since, what, Sam Bam Cunningham? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to, uh, if, if you go to, so we're talking defensive, so you're talking corner, defensive interior, and then running back. I mean, Bijan's going to be the best running back without a doubt. Mm-hmm. On the uh the interior defensive lineman, I mean, J- Jalen Carter is the best player, and some think he's the best player in the draft. But you know who's going to be available for the Cowboys at the end of the first round is a guy like Maisie Smith from Michigan. Um, Maisie Smith's out of Michigan. 
Uh, he's athletic freak, played for Jim Harbaugh. He's kind of seen as that back end of the first round, early second type player on the on the middle. In the second round, Baylor's player Siaki Siaki Ika. Uh, he's a guy you could. Watch. I, I don't know if he'll be there at pick fifty eight when the Cowboys draft in the second round. The Cowboys took a dude out of Michigan a couple of years ago, and that didn't work out. Taco, Taco Charles. That's right. Yeah, they took the Taco man, but that was yeah. and he was seen as an edge player. But the Cowboys need beef in the middle. That's I mean they need a, right. a, a you know stopping gas a Keandre Coburn kind of guy. Right, but. If you're looking for that in the first round, you're looking at Jalen Carter, Brian Brissee from Clemson, who will likely be gone. There's a kid in, uh, from Pittsburgh named Kalaj Kansi. He's the one who ran the great 40 time. Mm-hmm. He's more of an interior Aaron Donald kind of, I don't put that same name, but they're both from Pittsburgh. Very athletic uh, interior defensive player, uh, that kind of guy. Uh, so there, and then I don't think they go corner in the first round based on the Gilmore trade and the re-signing of Donovan Wilson. I think they're going to be pretty happy with their secondary. But if one of the top corners were to fall, I think you'd have to because Gilmore's 32 years old. But uh, so you're looking at an interior, um, and then Bijan, tight end. Yeah, I think that's what you're looking at. And I mean, those are that's where the Cowboys sit. Or do you take like like if the Oklahoma tackle Anton Harrison falls, and you're sitting there, and there's a tackle that gets to you, would you go there just because you're so thin on the offensive line? You know what I'm saying? Somebody of that ilk. I mean, that could be. There's also a kid from Ohio State, Dewan Jones, the big long arm kid. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking the Cowboys may think of. We still got to take care of our offensive line. Long haul. Yes. Since we've done what we've done in free agency, kept our key guys, um, and we've solidified through a couple of trades. We'll be all right at running back with Ty's guy, but you really won't be well, all right at running back. Because you're right about that. Here's the concern for the Cowboys is. They're they're okay if you go their starting five: Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith at left, Tyler Tyron Smith at left tackle, Tyron Tyler Smith, the now second year player at guard, um, the kid who's the center, Ty uh, Biotish, Biotish, Tyler Biotish, yep, the Hall of Famer's playing right guard, and then Terrence Steele, who you still have to work out a deal with, he's going to play right tackle, but he's coming off an injury, right? He got hurt here's his knee mm-hmm. late in the year, so that's another Michael Gallup kind of thing, and that they don't have much beyond those guys. So you're right, Buck, a tackle or a guard or an offensive lineman at 26. because You may be able to get the guy from Ohio State. That guy's a big long big arm. Big long arm guy. And that would be for the now and the future, kind of like for the Tyler sure. Smith trade was because you know, Tyron Smith can only go so long. Um, and, you know, you're, you got to figure out what Terrence Steele's all about with his, with his injury. They think he's going to be okay, but they thought Michael Gallup was going to be okay. Uh, what if? So, yeah, offensive line wouldn't be out of the question. Interior D-line, and then there's old number five. Oh, number five, number best Bijan. player available. Dude, I, if they got Bijan with everything else they've done, I'd have to start start doing some walking training. Uh-oh. <laughs> Jerry doesn't think like that, though. Like where'd, he go? where'd he play at, Texas? No. There's got to be somebody at Arkansas. There's a kid from Arkansas. There's a kid from Arkansas ready to go. There's a hog that we could hit right here. Are we getting a second or third round? It says, Tua reminds me of David Ash with the concussions. Yeah. Well, look, until this year, it wasn't concussions for Tua. It was falling and hurting this Legs, and the other things. Leg injuries. We haven't – so, you know, David Ash was consistently concussions. This year was concussions, and you don't know if one and not letting one heal properly led to a second. And we know the first one was on a Sunday and then a Thursday, which was ridiculous. And those weren't like – those weren't tap love taps. Right. He got hit now, right. and his head hit the ground hard. Yeah, and then – because, yes, Tua was injury-prone in college at, at, at Alabama – and but these were different types of injuries, which are more more severe. I mean, you're talking about concussions. And you're right. One more next year, 
that could be it for his career. You may have to hang him up. But By the way, Jalen Carter's going to fall some. This this whole thing, I know it's the NFL, but I think he's going to fall. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Now, here, here's, by the way, when he did his pro day last week and uh, showed up 10 pounds Sloppy. overweight, he also had a court hearing that day. And so the guys, and he, he was charged, we know he was charged with two misdemeanors. Jalen Carter, the, the defensive tackle from Georgia, who a lot of personnel people think is the best player in this draft period, most talented player in this draft, better than Bijan, better than any of the quarterbacks, Will Anderson. He had a court hearing, and at that court hearing, he was sentenced to community service. So for his role in the, the wreck. And that's the what he got? Community service. So now he can go back to work. That's over. That is an over thing. That, that situation is resolved. He's been given hours of community serving, service in Athens, and that's the end of it. So he's going to work out for teams. That's the one thing that needs to be mentioned. He didn't do the drills that they want him to do at his pro day, but he's going to do those between now and the draft. So I still think there's a chance Jalen Carter doesn't slide. But if he doesn't handle things from here on out better, he will. He will. But it's not going to be because of the accident. Yeah, because he's not going to have to work out again, though, unless these individual teams say, we still need you to come to our place to work out. Yes, and he will. He will. I mean, he'll do the individual visits, and that's where he can work out. But, yeah, they're going to try to get under his – get into his – between his ears. Oh, for sure. figure they, out what's going on with him. I don't know. They just don't – I mean, they don't want a tub of goo. Not with that pick. Well, it's such a weird situation with him because at Georgia – Well, I know where his mind is. Better be getting out of the legal stuff. And now that you say the legal stuff is you got to over. Service. That happened on the same day as the go, pro day. Now you can go work out. Or the next day after the pro day, one of the two on the calendar. But so Jalen Carter, because this text says Jalen Carter screams bust. Well, look, you don't. we've seen guys like Albert Hainsworth and great defensive sure. linemen that don't work out. But at, at Georgia, you know, when they won the national championship the first time and they had 15 players drafted, all league personnel would tell you, all general managers in the league would tell you, he's their best player. He's just not draft eligible yet, but he's their best player. Remember when Derek Stingley was the corner at, at LSU? Right. When they won the Natty with Joe Burrow, and everybody said, that's the best player on that defense is Derek Stingley. And he was a freshman. Well, now he's a Texan. That uh, Carter is just that talented. It's going to be about maturity. Uh, and and every the thing at, at George was everybody swore that this was a great guy. And then Todd McShay had a report that he's heard there's some character issues with Jalen Carter. And it made everybody mad. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? This guy's a great kid, uh, great teammate, great everything. Then the car wreck happens. Then it turns out he was in the in the race that was going on. Now he shows up ten pounds overweight, and at his pro day, it doesn't work out, and people are kind of saying, "Hey, wait a second, dude! You only need a couple things to turn people sour like oh. that." Well, what is it? And Nick's- they're, they're talking about millions of dollars to give to you. Well, this is what Nick Saban tells all his players: Listen, when you're when they're writing your scouting report, you want a lot of ands, not buts. Mm-hmm. So he's a great teammate, and he works hard, and he's great in the community, and but... he's great in the locker room. What you don't want is he's really athletic, but He's got mush in his brains. Uh, he's really, really talented, but he makes poor decisions off the field. But he eats lots of pizzas. But he's really, really, <laughs> really talented. Like, unblockable. But The best offensive lineman in the SEC couldn't block him. Um, these, all these Ohio State guys we're talking about that are going to get drafted, the center, the guard, the tackles, they couldn't block him. I mean, he's, he's an unblockable guy, which reminds people of Aaron Donald, and he's 310 pounds when he's in his playing shape. So... Uh, that will be an intriguing prospect coming up at the draft. Hey, let's get back to Texas basketball. Dylan DeSue, a game for the ages. The Longhorns are on to the Sweet 16. The Texas women can get there with a win tonight. We'll reset it one more time. It's Beanie. It's Bucky and Aaron. 
The good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend that was. Recapping it, USA, USA, USA will go for uh, another World Baseball Classic title. They're going to wait the winner of today's matchup between Japan and Puerto Rico. Is that correct? Winners will meet. That'll be the USA who beat Cuba last night in Miami in front of a frenzied crowd. This World Baseball Classic has been tremendous. The downside of it has been two big injuries, one to uh, Edwin Diaz, the closer of the Mets, and then Jose Altuve took a pitch off of his thumb Saturday night in that thrilling USA comeback win over Venezuela. He's going to be out for at least a month, maybe six weeks, which, um, you know, the season doesn't start for another couple of weeks, so that, that lessens the blow to Houston. But um, Dude, to get hurt in a celebration is just... The celebration one was brutal. This one was just in the box and can happen. But, you know, I, I've heard some commentary about get rid of this World Baseball Classic or take the stars out of it. You know who would revolt on that are the stars. The players. The players want to play in this sure. game. You know, they did a poll of a, a lot of the Latin players that are playing for their countries that they would, like, 90% of them would rather win the World Baseball Classic than win the World Series. I mean, that's just how much it means. It's When you think about, think about the World Cup in soccer. I mean, Absolutely. When Lionel Messi would rather have won one for Argentina or won one for his team that pays him to play. I know fans can be mad about that, but, man, the homeland, that's where you – and soccer is global and baseball. Absolutely. It's global. So those guys grow up in Cuba or Puerto Rico or Venezuela. No, I don't think of it as an exhibition. I think of it as this is their plan for their country. Japan and Mexico will play today. My bad. Japan like being and in the Mexico. Olympics. Japan and Mexico will play today. Nice. Said Puerto Rico. My bad on that. But uh, USA – but, yeah, I mean, you're going to – but, you know, guys are going to get hurt. Guys get hurt in the World Cup. Happens. Yeah, they do. In soccer. Guys get hurt. Just it's it's what it is, but it's good for the game. It's good for the global game. These games have been exciting. Uh, by the way, the pitch clock thing is games go quick. There's a lot of pace to them. Uh, they're not dragging on like your Red Sox Yankees games always seem to do when we get to the regular <laughs> all season. day long. You're right. Now looking forward to that for sure uh, with the USA USA. Mike Trout's been unbelievable. What's, what's Mike Trout going to do when he goes back to playing meaningless games with the Angels? Like these games are kind of fun. Yeah, exciting to, for him. Yeah. What is the excitement of playing for the Angels? He's getting to be a hero now. And then he's going to back to play for the Angels and like be in fourth place. Like well, now, what are we going to do? But uh, yeah, it's been fun to see him starring out. And Trey Turner has been the baller. I mean, Trey Turner with that grand slam in the eighth inning it looked like Venezuela was going to win that game. And the manager for Venezuela is getting criticized for not going to his closer in that spot and let uh, Trey Turner jack one on him. Big grand slam. The closer still available. Uh, so. That will uh, culminate here early this week. They'll match play tees off Wednesday. NASCAR's coming to town this weekend, Buck. Uh, it a lot is, going on. Man, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. And, of course, the Longhorns are in the Sweet 16. Uh, I just saw that the assignments have come down. You may be happy to know that the uh, Longhorns and the Kansas City region there in the Midwest region has drawn the A-team from CBS. Oh, the good. The broadcast teams have been announced. Headed to Kansas City to call the games on uh, Friday. Jim Nance. And Tony Romo. No Tony Romo. <laughs> nope. It'll be Jim Nance, Bill Raftery, Grant Hill, and Tracy Wolfson. It's at 845, though. Well, there's also an earlier game, which is Houston and Miami. The U and UH, two great city schools, uh, Miami and Houston will play in a 1-5 matchup. Of course, Miami took out Indiana yesterday or last night in a nice win. So, uh, you know, I mean, the collision course, because if you get to uh, Sunday and it's the Elite Eight, and it's Texas against U of H. You know who's a proud alum of the University of Houston? Jim Nance. Jim Nance, a five slam a jam oh. on UH Cougar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because you, you know Jim Nance will go from the Final Four right down to the Masters 
on his duties for CBS. But, yeah, he went to school. I think he was on the golf team there with Freddie Couples, Fred Couples back in the day. And, uh, yeah, he's a proud UH guy. That could be a Texas-UH matchup, but you got to win your first game. Can we hear from uh, Timmy Allen? Because, uh, obviously, the biggest star on Saturday night for Texas was Dylan DeSue. He was phenomenal. Game for the ages with 28 points. I know we'll hear more from Craig Way and Jeff Howe coming up uh, from their days in Des Moines and what Dylan did, the, the Pflugerville-Henderson product. But don't let it be lost that Timmy Allen came back and really played some great defense on the All-American point guard, Jalen Pickett, for Penn State. He had 12 rebounds in the game. He had 11 points. And here's a, a conversation with the uh, the senior, Timmy Allen, after the game. T.A., uh, I know this is uh, a dream for this team, and the dream is still going, and you got more. But uh, tell us a little bit about the 10-0 run. You guys had to dig down after they got the three-point lead with the 10-0 run. What was said in the timeout, and what did the guys do to turn this thing around? Um, we knew we had to get back to getting stops. And they got a couple buckets there. But we're, we're built for this. We played in too many close games all year. Um, I think the Big 12, our grit, our toughness, our togetherness has brought us to this point. Um, I don't think it's anything, anything different than we've done. It's been the same thing every week, every day, every practice. And that's why we're here, and we deserve it. I'm going to let you go celebrate. I appreciate it. Oh, wow, sweet 16. <laughs> Get stops. Yeah, that was the critical moment of the game. Uh, for anybody watching, It was uh, Texas was up seven, and then Penn State went on a spurt, 10-0 run of their own, and Texas went cold, missed some makeable shots there, and then next thing you know, it's 58-55, and you're trailing for the first time in the ballgame, really. And uh, uh, Rodney Terry called a great timeout, uh, got back to getting defensive stops, and they got Yeah, they didn't give him any own. easy baskets. The, their big guy was getting to the rim. He wasn't making any shots. We just rolled them right around the rim and out. Well, I mean, but they had to get those rebounds, and they did. I don't I mean obviously it was important. Dylan DeSue was the difference in the game because points in the paint were forty to twenty-four Texas. That's oh. a you know sixteen-point advantage, and most of that's Dylan DeSue uh, in the paint making it happen. They had no answer for him, and then you know Texas went one for thirteen from three-ball land. We know that, but Penn State, we told you on Friday going into it, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. They were top six in the nation. They went eight for twenty-eight. I mean they missed twenty three-pointers. So obviously that's a huge stat too. Texas missed twelve, but they missed ten. They missed twenty, and um, that was a big part of it. And the kid Funk, who had had all the threes against A and M, he did not have his shooting touch in this no, game. No, he did not. Um, so take advantage. And and I thought Timmy Allen did a great job on Pickett with his big body, playing really really good defense, and uh, uh, took away some of the things that they like to do offensively. But uh, nice win for Texas, obviously, and it's on to the Sweet Sixteen. More to yeah. come. And, and Timmy Allen didn't send that guy to the free throw line a lot either. I mean, they played really good defense where they didn't – those cheapy fouls, you know, when you're bumping guys because there was a lot of bumping going on down there. There low. was. There was. And I, yeah. Because I, I thought he would take advantage of Marcus Carr, but he really didn't. I thought the officiating was questionable at times, but it was even – it was consistent. They weren't calling much. No, they were letting those guys just bang around. They were letting them go. It's been that way in this tournament. They're, you're you're going to have to earn a foul. Did you see the Tennessee-Duke game? Oh, good my goodness. Lord. I mean, Duke needed like a cut man in the corner. They were taking so many elbows. You're going to gonna face. have to earn a foul in this deal, well, and so many good athletes. I mean, when you go to the rim, and guys are coming over the top. I mean, they're blocking shots from everywhere. Yeah, Jalen Pickett only shot three free throws in the game. Made one of them. Uh, one of three from the foul line. Yeah, he keeping him off the points. foul line was was important. Yeah, I mean, they were 25. He was getting 60. his position down low. He was. That's what he does. We told you he'll back you down. It'll be booty ball, and then he tries to either create off of that or. You know, find an open shooter from the – it's almost like a – you know, we, we've seen it with point forwards before back in the – Charles Barkley was a point forward. And you know what he didn't have? He didn't have that 12-foot jump shot. He didn't bring that with him. 
you know, I mean, I think in that game, Timmy Allen was the length might have gotten. I mean, Timmy Allen gets gets uh, hurt by length when he plays a taller defender than right, him. Right, you're right. But he did the same thing to Jalen Pickett in that yep. game and did a nice job. Heck, I mean, Penn State, if not for uh, uh, the kid Miles Dredd, the poet, uh, getting hot, uh, you know, who knows? Because he got them, his four threes helped them get back in the game and helped them on that 10-0 run. And then Winner, uh, that, that's the guy I thought that they were going to go to, and they didn't. Yeah, Andrew, uh, Andrew Funk, two for 10. Sorry, three-point land. The Funk... We want the, the funk. funk. He didn't, didn't bring the funk. Bring the funk. Nope. He, he brought the funk to the Aggies and not to Texas. But the Longhorns would say the same thing about Jabari Rice, who only hit one of his three-pointers. Longhorns one for 13. But Dylan DeSue, the difference, and Timmy Allen was a big part of it. Horns will advance to play Xavier. We'll learn more about the Musketeers, a three-seed in this tournament coming up. But, yes, Jim Nance. I do like Jerry Raftery. I do like Grant Hill. I like that team. I will also say, Ian Eagle does a great job on CBS. He, oh, had the, he does. He had the game yesterday, Kentucky and Kansas State, and Marquise Noel doing his street ball thing. Man, that was awesome. I mean, he's going, but he's going around the back. He's throwing alley oop dunks. I mean, he was schooling Kentucky. That, yeah, he did. He looked like he was having some fun yesterday. Oh, he was because they were trying to double him and pressure the ball out of his hands, and he wouldn't let him do it. That guy. I mean, welcome. I mean, the Big Twelve has seen him all year long. I mean. He, Jalen Wilson won the Big 12's Player of the Year award from Kansas, but Marquise Noel was a strong candidate for that, for what he did for K-State. You know, Kentucky got a full dose of Marquise Noel, and in the end it was Keontae Johnson who hit the big three, that step-back three that became the dagger uh, to get K-State past Kentucky. And Texas and and K-State, the only two Big 12 teams to advance. Am I right about this? Two Big 12, three SEC are into the Sweet 16 with Alabama, Tennessee, and Arkansas. Mm -hmm. That Arkansas-Kansas game came down to a one-point, you know, buzzer-beater kind of game. And dang, was Auburn good. Uh, Auburn was good for a half. Yep. I thought, I mean, as far as impressive, good, bad, and uglies, Houston to be down 10 at the half and kind of on the ropes, people thinking, oh, man, here they go. This, well, this one seed's about no, to go down. I didn't think they down. were coming out of that, E. Yeah, they were down 41-31. And if you know Houston Cougars basketball with, with Kelvin Sampson, 41 points and a half is ridiculous. And what did they do in the second half? They defended like crazy. They held uh, Auburn to 23 second-half points. They won that game going away. They scored 50 in the second half, and I thought that was kind of a uh, a heavyweight moment for Houston to say, okay, we can play a bad first half, but we can also lock you up. And uh, they did just that in the second half. That was really impressive, and they're the team Texas will have to get through to get to the Final Four in Houston. But first things first, it's Xavier. Because uh, the Midwest bracket's gone pretty much chalk. It's mm-hmm. one, two, three, and five. One, two, three, and five have made it through. Uh, the only, you know, Miami a four, five beat uh, Indiana a four. Or it would have been one, two, three, four in the bracket there. All right, we'll come back. When we do, we'll reset these top stories one more time, get you set up and teed up for the rest of a busy Monday here on the Horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. Here with you. A lot of topics today. Talking plenty of hoops, obviously. Good luck to the Texas women tonight, 6 o'clock. You can do more than wish them. Good luck. You could be there. 6 o'clock tonight for see Texas and Louisville, the 4 versus the 5 seed. Hooking up at the Moody Center. 6 o'clock tip. That's better than the 9 o'clock tip they had the other night to start that game because of TV. And are we, uh, Ty, are we, I mean, we haven't spoke about the XFL. I mean, are we into the playoffs by now? They've had three weeks, right? Three or four weeks. Shouldn't they be in playoff ball yet? We're almost there. 
Are we? We had San Antonio, San Antonio and Arlington playing last night. I, I didn't get a chance to see who won. I was a little wrapped up with that TCU. Look, there was game. a there was a week and a half stretch of February where that was fun to pay attention to. <laughs> and now it's done until NFL. playoffs. Nah, no. Uh, that baseball will start. We'll no. have Masters. We'll have all kinds of stuff. But then the other league starts. NFL then, right? draft. More football. Oh yeah, we got yeah. arena football coming soon. What? Yeah, stop. It's back. We'll do March arena football. Is back. March is about the madness. It's about the Dell match play. It's about uh, NASCAR. Yeah, NASCAR. Come on, Come on baby. Hey, so uh, you mentioned earlier we're talking about some NFL because the NFL season never ends. Cowboys make the trade for Brandon Cooks. Texans make Laramie Tunsil the highest-paid tackle. For the second time in his career, he's been he's become the highest-paid tackle in the league. Gardner-Johnson with the Detroit? Well, that's, uh, that C.J. Gardner-Johnson signing in Detroit is interesting because their secondary was so bad last year. You know, the Lions were a fringe playoff team, yet they were 30th out of 32 teams last right. year in passing defense. If they can fix that, the fighting Dan Campbells will be back. They're, well, they'll be better because remember they got um, they got Chat they got Hutchinson at the at the end. Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end, who brings pass rush. They also found who's the kid out of uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, the linebacker out of mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, who came in and just became a stalwart on their defense. Their problem was their secondary, and if they can fix that, Gardner Johnson goes to doing that in Detroit. And remember, Buck, they have the sixth pick in the in the eighteenth pick in the first round. Uh, they have two firsts. Pick up two guys in the first round. Yeah, it's, I mean, they could if Jalen Carter indeed slides, they could take Jalen Carter with the sixth pick potentially. What about my Vikings? Are they going to see them? See you later, Vikings. And uh, you, if you could get Jalen Carter, and then at the 18th pick, turn around and take a guy like the Penn State corner Joey Porter Jr. Joey Porter Jr. You had Gardner Johnson because if they get that back end fixed in Detroit, their offense pretty damn good. You like that? I don't like that. Well, you, your Vikings don't like it, and the no. Packer, Packers and Jordan Love don't like it. All right, forget about forget it, Packers fans. You're done here for a while. Well, team, talk about the Bears with an ability to to make a move. Lions, they were pretty good last year. They they had gotten all those shootouts because they couldn't stop anybody. But uh, yeah, that's a team to watch. Cowboys making moves. Lions making moves. Caleb Williams will be on the Packers next year. Ooh, Ooh calling it now. There's a call. All right, what that call. Well, Ty did have Fairly Dickinson after four margaritas. How many margaritas at uh, Matt's El Rancho did it take? Don't even remember. You don't even remember. <laughs> I love that when you don't know the number. <laughs> you have a lot of things you drink and don't remember, Ty. Uh, picking yeah, and, Dickinson, what, and you see what happens to you when that... dude in your bed. <laughs> see what happens. You gotta hey, remember those numbers. Hey, have a wonderful Monday, everybody. We'll be talking about everything that happens today, tomorrow at uh, 6 a.m., part of a Tuesday edition. We know coming next, it's Light the Tower. Always tremendous. Then Chad and Zay through the midday. Ball don't lie this afternoon. Everybody have a wonderful, wonderful Monday.